1: This podcast contains discussions of child abuse, sexual repression, and sexual abuse, suicide, racism, misogyny, PTSD and PTSD symptoms, and spiritual oppression and abuse, including guilt, shame, and fear. In most episodes, we will be mentioning some of these concepts in a general way without any graphic detail. If any of these topics or other triggering topics will be mentioned in great detail, we will let you know at the beginning of each individual episode, as well as in the show notes for that episode.
2: Welcome back to the Leaving Eden Podcast, uh, this homework edition of the Leaving Eden Podcast. It's been a couple weeks. weeks. Uh, my name is Gavrielle HaCohen, and I am here with my co-host.
1: Hi, my name is Sadie Carpenter, and I am full of dangerous, sexy, female empowerment, uh, demonic spirits, and possibly the Illuminati.
2: The Illuminati.
1: Maybe. Yes. Unclear.
2: Well, see, you want to know why that is, is because today... Uh, what what are we talking about? What are so we talking about
1: today? We are talking about Lady Gaga.
2: Lady Gaga, right? Because for Pride Month, um, knowing you, Sadie, um, I know that there are few things that you love more than a bi icon.
1: That that is that is very true. That
2: is very true. I'm
1: all about bisexual visibility.
2: And Lady Gaga, very visual bisexual person uh and it is pride month and lady gaga is also a a, a gay icon as you could say so who better yeah. for us to do a homework episode on to finish our pride month uh i guess we have one more episode left of pride yeah. month uh, on monday but who who better for us to do an episode on right
1: Right. I mean, there's there's a lot of female singers who are gay icons.
2: Yeah. So the Leaving Eden podcast is a podcast about Sadie Carpenter's life in and escape from the independent fundamental Baptist cult. We seek to educate and to inform our listeners about the dangers of this cult, other cults um, and the real and, and present threat that they pose to society as a whole. And we promote freedom of mind, freedom of thought and freedom of religion. And every so often, uh, we decide that it's good for somebody who was raised in a cult and was not exposed to popular culture to review said iconic pieces of popular culture. So that's what we're doing today. And for Pride Month, we're doing Lady Gaga uh, because who better to do? Um, but Sadie, uh, uh, how, do, how do you want to start us off? What are your overall thoughts?
1: Okay, so, so my overall thoughts, the, like one of the first things I realized is how early... Uh, these albums came out I think The Fame was in 2008 The Fame Monster in 2009 And then Born This Way in 2011
2: Yes, I so think that's I, right
1: my perception of pop culture Like recent pop culture Is always a little bit behind So I would have thought They maybe came out in like 2011, 2013, 2015
2: Right, because that's how long it takes For the IFB to get a hold for of something For yeah. it to filter
1: into the IFB
2: Yeah, so for me uh, Because I grew up sort of normal um, Lady Gaga was uh, you know I think I first heard her music in I think so the fame came out in 2008 right right I want to say that the song just dance was out before that in 2007 because I remember hearing it at, at a dance party that I was at. That
1: Um, sounds right.
2: That sounds plausible. So I remember hearing that song and I'm like, what's this song? This is a new song. I haven't heard this song before. And they're like, oh, this is the the new artist. This is Lady Gaga. And I'm like, what's Lady Gaga? She really sort of blew up over that next year.
1: Okay. And and when you first heard about Lady Gaga, it wasn't in the sense of like, Gaga, what a weird name. She's probably demonic.
2: No, I'll tell you what it was. Sounds
1: like a stupid question. Right, but, we'll talk but about. I'm, but all I'm this. legitimately yeah. asking, like, like what was the the perception, your perception when you heard of her? It wasn't like, oh, that's weird, or that's crazy, or that's probably from Satan.
2: No, so okay. I'll tell you what I thought of it because when you know when she first came out. So you have to understand my musical background, at least the music that I was listening to, a lot of it was like classic rock. A lot of it was glam rock, but I did like a lot of pop music. So I was listening to Led Zeppelin. I was listening to Queen. I was also listening to, it was in like 2006, 2007. I also would have been listening to like Justin Timberlake, Future Sex Love Sounds. That was a record that I really liked. I also would have been listening to a lot of like R&B, hip hop. So like some T-Pain, Kanye, stuff like that. The, like this song came out like this just sounded like i don't want to say it was like another pop song it was like oh this is like a pop song by like a synth pop artist kind of like a synth pop dance pop kind of artist it's pretty good um who is it as lady gaga okay that's an artist name is lady gaga a weirder artist name than t-pain i don't know not really
1: so yeah For so it didn't least, like yeah. strike you as like as unusual because my perception of lady gaga from the time I first heard about her was that she's something unusual. She's something very set apart from mainstream pop music because she's like weirder and stranger and darker and, uh, you know, more full of demons.
2: Well, I wouldn't say more full of demons, but I think that she definitely did when she first burst onto the scene. Like, I I mean, I heard the song, I didn't know anything about her. And then you know, I started to hear more and more and more about her. I think the song, I want to say Love Game, when that one really started to get popular. Because what's that one? That one's, uh, let's have some fun. This beat is sick. I want to take a ride on your disco stick. That was a big hit. That was a bit raunchy. And that was kind of everywhere. And that's when people started looking at her being like, oh, she's a bit out there. She's a bit, you know, she's a bit wild. And and people really like that. She's flamboyant.
1: And she's different from... Other. So I think a lot of female solo pop artists are gay icon material.
2: Right. And this is something that we really want to talk about, like straight out of the bat is what makes somebody a gay icon?
1: So there's there's like a recipe for a gay icon. And Lady Gaga doesn't fit that recipe in a lot of ways. And I thought that was really interesting.
2: So let's let's break down what that recipe might be because like who else are gay icons? I mean, if we go way back and way back and way back, we could talk about like Judy Garland, gay icon. Judy um, Garland,
1: probably who the, I love so much.
2: Absolutely fabulous actress, uh, singer. You know Marilyn Monroe, gay Cher. icon. Cher is probably the biggest one that like you know. If you're thinking of gay icons, she's got to be like, you know, front page, front and center. And then Share, a little
1: more recent, like Britney Spears, Britney Madonna, Spears,
2: absolutely. Uh, Beyonce.
1: Demi Lovato. Yeah. um,
2: A lot of these artists. Yeah. Like a, a lot of, you know, really talented female pop stars uh, have get to and be non-binary. gay icons. Demi Lovato is Celine- non-binary. Oh, that's right. Forgot about that. Um, Celine Dion. Her as well.
1: Yeah. Yeah. A little bit further
2: back. Yeah, a little bit um, further back. I feel back. like I'm
1: missing. Oh, Ariana Grande. Is Ariana, who I was Something yes. of that is missing.
2: That's true. I did go to an Ari, Man, I went to an Ariana Grande concert two years ago. Man, I'm like, and I'm in the Beehive Facebook group. Man, this is literally
1: like, the joke I've been making all month. About it it.
2: <laughs> is like, no, it is funny that we.
1: <laughs> it's it's uh, amusing.
2: Yeah, it is no, but like I was but, um, in high school. I was a huge fan of Lady Gaga.
1: I mean yeah it's like you have um like all of the stereotypically gay man things except for the fact that you're straight and
2: sadly, well I, I know that I've like yeah.
1: poked a lot of fun at you about this uh over over Pride month
2: it's true it's it's I mean it is a running joke, but you know who I am I'm Schmidt from New girl,
1: but you know what I think that's I think that's really sweet because I think yeah. that I think that more straight <laughs> yeah. men ought to be able to enjoy things without worrying about like oh well that's a a queer-coded thing and i think that i think that's that speaks to your confidence which none of us doubted Um, but (laughs) but i think i think that's a i think that's a really nice thing and i think that i hope that more straight men will will feel like they can just enjoy what they enjoy and if that's beyonce whatever and um
2: let me be a trailblazer for all straight men yeah
1: yeah. Okay, <laughs> fine. Fine. I'll I'll just let you have that. Yeah. Um no, I read a um I read something on Facebook today about J.R.R. Tolkien. The the Lord of the Rings books were being translated into German. Uh, and the German government, so back in like the 30s or 40s, and the the German government wrote him to say, "Hey, um are you Aryan because we noticed that your books are being translated into German and we want to know like what your background is?" And he wrote back and he said, well, this is my my like ethnic makeup. I'm mostly English and I have these other ethnic groups in my bloodline. But I know that's not what you're actually asking me. What you're asking me is, am I Jewish? Unfortunately, I'm not. I would love to share an ancestry with these talented and gifted people, but no. So he just, just basically just told them to, you know, fuck off in a in a really nicely worded letter
2: yeah. But but
1: that his response to being asked that reminds me of your response to like liking a lot of stereotypically gay things.
2: Really? Oh wow. I'm compared to JR, another one of my heroes.
1: Yeah, I just that's I read wild. that and I was like, oh, that's how Gavi treats the the uh the fashion and Beyonce jokes on the show. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah. But no, back true. to the
1: but back to like the the gay icons. So I, I found some theories about why. Gay men tend to relate to female solo artists. And yeah, let's get like, into this. this solo is, artists.
2: let's let's make this recipe.
1: So one big theory is that the the struggle of being a feminine person in the man's world of the music business, like you have to balance being like a sex goddess, like ultimate sexy person and ultimately feminine person. Uh, but you also need to be very business savvy and very uh, calculating in the way you speak. Um, and that's a, a, a balance that is not typically found in stereotypes of women. And so the theory is that gay men can relate to their own struggles of gender presentation and feeling like they need to play multiple roles in society. And feeling wow. like they need to like like code switch to fit in. And that that's what a lot of gay men relate to. With uh, female and feminine pop singers,
2: that's really interesting. I was gonna say because you know th- I thought these that was an, an
1: interesting theory.
2: If you look at like drag shows, you know, if you look at like okay, who's performing what song at a drag show, you know, a lot of it's gonna be like a Lady Gaga song or Beyonce song. You know, that's or
1: Whitney Houston, Whitney or Houston, yeah. whatever. Yeah,
2: I mean, but I think that part of it also has to do is with the the way that these artists present themselves. So the more like I want to say like iconic, the more uh 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 dramatic. To, yeah. Yeah.
1: There's know, like a, a, a drama in the way that people's fashion is and, and the way that their hair is and theatrical,
2: you know, very large, very, you know, larger than life in that. Right. With a defined
1: yeah. aesthetic and and a very particular way of presenting themselves. Uh, and that's something that gay men are maybe attracted to like that sense of camp or a sense of uh, a defined sense of style or a sense of artisticness and style. I've also read that female pop stars uh, embody femininity and sex appeal and they gay men want something to like pattern their own feminine side on and they adopt pop stars as like this person gets my aesthetic like this person gets the expression of the feminine parts of myself
2: huh that makes sense as well
1: and that's, that's I, I think that's kind of two sides of the same same coin
2: so how does person- lady gaga fit into that
1: so lady gaga definitely fits into the whole like woman in a man's world bit because she does have all the all the pressures on her to look a certain way and be more feminine than she is in a lot of, a lot of situations and still wanting to be in control of her music and control of her image. Uh, and she also does have just an amazing sense of fashion. I just, I enjoyed so much researching for this homework um, because I just got to look at a bunch of pictures of her outfits. And oh yeah. It's like Star great. Wars,
2: you know, like, I mean, it's, it's like stuff that you would see somebody wear and it's like outer space kind of stuff. And All just of
1: the ones that are so like, cool. It's like, so there are dresses that are like extremely sculptured. I don't even know if a dress, you call it a dress, but is it really? But it looks like a a Kentucky Derby hat, but it's a dress.
2: It's like a wearable sculpture is essentially what it is. (laughs) All of those are
1: my absolute favorite. Like I love everything. She's pretty much everything she's ever, ever worn. It's my favorite thing ever. But there are dresses that are just extremely sculptural. And I just think that is so cool. And then some people are considered gay icons because they fought really hard for LGBT representation and acceptance. Um, Cher would fall into that category. And some people would say that Taylor Swift does and other people would say that Taylor Swift failed at that. So I'm not going to get super deep into that. (laughs) Um, But Don't piss off the
2: Swifties. That's like the only people worse to piss off than the Swifties is the Beehive.
1: Yeah, uh, the only want. people worse to piss off than the Swifties are the the followers of a certain fundy uh, ex fundy YouTuber who's going after a certain other ex fundy podcaster at the moment.
2: Oh man, I would rather piss off the Swifties than those uh, people. I don't care yeah, about those no, people. Yeah, he's, no,
1: he's like getting he's getting threats. He like had to go to the FBI. That's very scary. Um, ve-
2: oh, I didn't know that. Oh, ve- yeah,
1: that was like just that was just posted before we got on mic. Um, I, send
2: me a link to that. Shit. Okay, well, will, you know you can what?
1: Cut it out. You can cut that out of the cut. No, if you want if, if, if you are being
2: if, <laughs> if you are being uh, threatened with violence over uh, things that people think about you on the internet, I would like to extend to you the label of honorary Jew. <laughs> <laughs> because that is my life every day. <laughs> yeah,
1: and I like I, and it
2: sucks and I feel for you buddy.
1: I, yeah, I I regardless of whether I agree with every single word that comes out of someone's mouth or every single decision that they make every single time, uh nobody deserves that and the person that I'm referencing if you know who it is, you know, um it is just trying to do their best. And yeah. I don't appreciate this level of attack. It's not cool.
2: We don't do slander here.
1: No, like I can disagree with people and I can get passionate about that. Um, And I can disagree with somebody to the point of, of saying things that would upset some people. Uh, And I think that's fine. That's all part of discourse, but threats and trying to ruin somebody's career. That is way beyond what I think is ever. Okay. Anyway, that doesn't disturb me. Anyway, um, Ugh. I was trying to talk about Princess Diana.
2: Princess Diana, um, another gay icon because of what she did, uh, you know, for AIDS, visibility, HIV, you know, showing compassion to these people. No one wanted to touch them.
1: Yeah. And there's, you know, she like, was
2: going in hugging them.
1: So the controversy is about, like, whether straight people can be gay icons. And that's kind of what's come up around Taylor Swift. Um a lot of people have kind of adopted her as like their gay icon pop star. But people feel like she hasn't maybe done enough to deserve that label. Because thinking of, of uh, Princess Diana, like you just said, she did a lot of really, really important work around HIV, AIDS, and made a real difference. So she's qualified to be a gay icon even though she's straight. So kind of where I come down on this is – I don't think you should have to be gay to be considered a gay icon, but I do think you should have to do something important for the LGBT community. Just like liking a female pop star is not enough to qualify a gay man as not misogynist. I've seen a lot of gay men kind of have this attitude of like, ew, women. Ugh. Mm. Um, That is really not my cup of tea. However, I've seen that really diminished in the last few years. And I think that's kind of passing over and people are realizing that that's not... Okay, I'm really relieved to see a lot less of that. And I think if standing a female pop star is part of getting rid of that mindset that used to be a lot more prevalent in the gay community, I think that's great. That that's 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 great. But Lady Gaga, and the reason we wanted to talk about her specifically for this episode, is that she is an LGBT person herself.
2: That's true. So her, I want to talk about that because her song Poker Face. Right. Do you know about her song, Poker Face? Yes, I do. So the song Poker Face was a song that she wrote about being bisexual. And that song was everywhere. And a lot of people didn't know what it was about. And then it, when it came out that that's what it was about, I think that there was a lot of people that kind of got mad about it or were were upset about it in a certain way. And this was, I think, hot on. the Do you remember that Katy Perry song? I kissed a girl and I liked it.
1: Yeah, I definitely do.
2: (laughs) Which was, um, which many people saw as somewhat problematic.
1: There are definitely problematic aspects to that song. And I wouldn't want to minimize that. But also, I really like that song.
2: Yeah, we're not. I mean, we're not going to get into that song today. But like uh, that song was very controversial. And then Lady Gaga came out with this, which I think is maybe a bit more. uh, I don't want to say artful because it's not it's not my business to like judge people based on like the artfulness of their, of the way that they express their, their sexuality. But like the, you know, she was, she's much more coded about it and she made it. This song was a huge hit. Poker face was a I huge think, hit.
1: I think poker face just personally as a, as a bisexual person myself, I think poker face says a little bit more about the actual experience of being in those shoes
2: Rather than just being like, I kissed a girl. Ooh, look at I, me, I'm so bad. Yeah.
1: See, I personally, I don't see anything. Uh, I I know there there are problematic, like consent-focused aspects and like objectification aspects of I kissed a girl. Um, I don't see anything wrong with the idea of like, you know, a lot of a lot of bisexual people, and a lot of lesbian people, um, kind of their that their first time was as a joke or as a dare or like in this kind of joking way that's portrayed in I Kissed a Girl. And I think it's accurate to a lot of people's stories. Um, that doesn't mean the song is completely unproblematic, but the playful and jokey nature of that song, I think is not completely inappropriate when you consider that a lot of people's experience, like opening up to their that part of their sexuality for the first time does reflect that song. However, I think Poker Face has a lot more to say about like the experience of being... A, like, like a holistic experience of being a bisexual person, not like a half joke about one tiny part of that bisexual person's life.
2: Yeah, so here's a question. So lyrically speaking, what are we talking about here? Um, are there any lines in particular that stand out to you for this song? So we've got this song.
1: It's in the chorus for me. Can't read my, no, he can't read my poker face. She's got me like nobody. Like, I feel like that's like, that's not the kind of thing that you would immediately go, oh yeah, that's what she's talking about. But when to somebody who's lived that experience, it's like, oh yeah, I know exactly what she's talking about.
2: What where you're just like, okay, this is my guy, but like I see this woman, and I'm just like, mmm. Yeah. yeah. And like I- whether
1: you've been in that particular situation or not, you you can relate to the feeling of what that would be like if you were not out to a partner.
2: Huh. That's, and uh, like, that's I think a
1: lot of bisexual people can identify like whether or not they have ever been in that position where there was a partner that they were not out to a lot of bisexual, like all of us have somebody that we're not that we're somebody in our life that we're not out to until I started doing this podcast and now whatever. But I think, I think a lot of buy and pan people have somebody in our life that, that we're not out to and whether it's a partner or somebody else. And I think that's, that those lyrics seem just so they, they don't seem like that to to somebody who hasn't lived that experience. I don't know how to put it into words, but to somebody who does have that experience, it's very clear.
2: I mean, that and that's the sort of thing where that's it's very coded. Like, and that's what like a lot of gay media is. A lot of gay media is intentionally coded so that the straights don't know.
1: I don't think it's so the straights don't know. I think it's so the gays do know. To me, it doesn't come across as I'm trying to keep something away from you to me it comes out across as like i'm trying to make something for me you, so the straight's not knowing what it's about is a funny side effect but it's not the purpose of the coding the the coded language the purpose of it is to have a fun like inside joke or a fun reference point for the intended audience which is the lgbt listeners if the straight people don't get it it's not because you know the artist was trying to obscure it from you it's because you just don't get it, like it's a side effect, huh?
2: Okay, but that's yeah, just I get, that's I just like that's just yeah. my
1: wackadoo theory.
2: You no, you know what? I think you're I think you're probably right about that. I guess you would know better than I would, but yeah,
1: it's like like a lot of a lot of queer culture. It's not about it. It originated from the idea of we've got to hide this from the straight people.
2: Right. That's what I was thinking about, that it's a lot of it's about keeping it secret because you're being persecuted. Yeah.
1: I don't think that's what it is anymore. So, okay. So 70 years ago, for thing 1951, 1951, uh, if somebody asked you if you're a friend of Dorothy, do you know what that is?
2: I know what that is okay. now.
1: Now. Um, so if somebody asked you that, it would be because um, for any listeners who don't know, a friend of Dorothy is a an old phrase that it originated in the gay scene in London. And it was a way that gay men would identify each other. It was like a, like a password. You'd say, are you a friend of Dorothy? And if that person said, yes, I know Dorothy, then you know, you're talking to another gay or bisexual man.
2: What if you just know somebody named Dorothy?
1: See, that's the, that's the drawback of, you know, coded phrases.
2: One time I was in a bar and somebody asked me, like, now that I'm thinking about it, somebody asked me (laughs) if I was a friend of Dorothy and I'm like, no, Who's Dorothy.
1: <laughs> so now, Sadly, though, oh, man.
2: But now I'm thinking about it. That happened. Man, he, that guy was trying to hit on me. He was handsome, too. Man, that makes me feel really good about myself.
1: Well, I'm glad, I'm glad <laughs> to hear that. But, but okay. So, so it's like 70 years ago in the 1950s. If a guy had asked you that, it would have been about obscuring his identity from you. Because he does not know... If you as a straight guy are a safe person. Hmm. Um, now, though, the guy, a guy who asked you that in a bar like in the last five years, sometime, wasn't trying to obscure anything from you as a straight man because it's, you know, in, in Portland, it's not terribly likely that you are an unsafe person. Now it's about including other LGBT people, not excluding straight people.
2: Well, hey, that's that's interesting. So, um, but that's so that's poker face, though.
1: So that's poker so, face. So uh, we got off on a little bit of a rant there.
2: No, but that's very interesting. <laughs> this is stuff that we got to talk about. That um, so I stand
1: Ga- up late reading theory.
2: <laughs> yeah. So Gaga is is um, is actually because how many of these uh, gay icon uh, pop stars that we're talking about are how many of them are actually like LGBT?
1: You know, I'm I'm not, not a lot sure, of them. and and I feel like with some people you don't know.
2: Sure. Because, and that's not, it's not anybody else's business, is it?
1: Right. Well, because you know, some people are bi and end up in a relationship with somebody, like a, a long-term monogamous relationship with someone of the opposite gender and being bi isn't something that they feel like they want to come out about. And that's okay. That's fine. Some people are bisexual and they end up in a long-term monogamous relationship with somebody of the opposite or somebody of the same gender. And people just like say, oh, well, they're just lesbian or they're just gay. And really, they're bi- like Freddie Mercury, who constantly gets coded as a gay man, even though he wasn't. He was bisexual.
2: Love Freddie Mercury.
1: Yeah. And, and people are like, oh, yeah, Freddie Mercury, get greatest gay singer ever. No, he wasn't.
2: And you don't high. have to qualify that with greatest gay singer ever. You could just say greatest singer ever.
1: Yeah, but we I mean, bisexuals want to claim him because he's awesome.
2: Yeah. I mean, I, I absolutely understand why you would want to claim him. If I could claim him, then I would absolutely yeah. do that uh any day of the week. But speaking of Freddie Mercury, that brings me to something. Do you so you were talking about earlier, um Lady Gaga's name. Do you know where she got the name? So Lady Gaga?
1: is it from the Queen Song Radio Gaga?
2: It is from the Queen Song Radio Gaga. So, and I know
1: you're a big Queen fan.
2: I am a huge Queen fan. So Which the story the story great. goes that she was trying to think of a stage name, and her uh, and she was a huge fan of Queen. And you know, she I guess and her manager were texting back and forth. Her manager was gonna texted her "Radio Gaga" because you know he knew that she loved that song, that Queen song "Radio Gaga," and the phone auto corrected it to "Lady Gaga." And it sent it to her and she's like, Yes, that's it. That's the name. Huh. That's that's what I am. I'm I'm Lady Gaga.
1: I didn't I didn't see that part of the story. I just saw the part where it was inspired by that song.
2: Yes. That's that's the story. So that well, you know,
1: autocorrect saving lives.
2: But yeah, so that's kind of part of the reason why I don't want to say part of the reason like the name was part of the reason why her music appealed to me, but I was really into like a lot of the you know, Queen was a, a, a kind of music that I really liked. You know, the the whole glam rock thing was I was really into it. Um, and Lady Gaga, I mean, she was pop, you know, she was synth pop, but she definitely like embodied a lot of that same sort of ethos that a band like Queen would uh, would have. So, you know, her songs were really catchy. Her songs were really good. Um, yeah, and you know, like I was a there's... huge fan of Elton John as well. So there's a lot yeah. of that influence.
1: Um, I hear Elton John's really good life.
2: Oh, he is. I've saw. So, him. Oh,
1: oh, I so haven't. Good. I haven't, but I've heard. Oh. Um so I think Incredible. that I can see why you would say that Lady Gaga has a little bit in common with Queen because there's a there's an artistic value to her videos and her fashion and her crazy hair. Uh that is it's calculated. Mm-hmm. Like it is it's not oh I just dress like this. It's this is art and I'm wearing it.
2: Right. And also I think so tour 2009 um, or 2008 2009 there was a lot of hype coming out about Michael Jackson because Michael Jackson was going to go on this big tour uh, it was going to be the this is it tour and then Michael Jackson died suddenly in 2009 and that was around the time was when that, that early yes Michael Jackson sure? died yeah 2009 it was did I
1: watched the funeral how did I watch his funeral when I was still in the IFB
2: I don't know. It was June of 2009 that Michael Jackson died.
1: Hey friends, uh trauma can make you not know when things happened. Yeah. Just like just like that's that's, that's free. Uh three, free therapizing. Therapizing? Yeah. It's free therapy. Um <laughs> if you have a lot of trouble putting things in order of when they happened, uh that can be a symptom of trauma.
2: But Gaga was coming out with a lot of these more extended music videos, these these longer music videos, which was a thing that Michael Jackson had done back in the 1980s. And her music is very a lot of it is very 80s reminiscent, right?
1: Yeah, uh, I was hearing this a is lot that aesthetic. of aesthetic. Yeah, I was hearing a lot of like craft work, a lot of like super early Gary Newman influence uh, in the music itself. Mm-hmm. But I, I want to go back to circle back to the fashion real quick.
2: Yes, let's because, go into the fashion
1: because one of the like I think I knew about Gaga fashion before I knew anything about her music at all. And I so I was here like the first things that were filtering into the i f b about her were um were about her about her fashion and how this was um a sign of her being demonic or something. Uh, specifically, the meat dress is something that I feel like I recall hearing about from behind the pulpit, and I would love to hear from any other former IFB listeners. Let me know if you were hearing about more about her clothing than really anything else about her.
2: See, I think that's an interesting thing to talk about because, so Gaga. If you don't know a single song about Lady, a, a single song by Lady Gaga, you know that. At the 2010 MTV VMA Awards, uh, Lady Gaga wore a meat dress. You like you you know that that is like common knowledge. It's like even if you can't name a single song by Kanye West, you know that he interrupted Taylor Swift at the 2009 VMAs. Mm-hmm. Like you like you I'm know. I'm gonna these... let you finish, but yeah, exactly. Um, or if you don't, if you can't name a single, I'm, I'm trying to think of another example of this. Like a lot of these people get well known for doing something, and then people will say, "Oh, well, uh, her her that's just a gimmick to get people to listen to her music because her I music's mean, not before, very good."
1: Work. I mean, before I had I did not know a single song by Madonna or Britney Spears, but I knew that they kissed at some video some like award show. Like I heard about that long before I knew anything about either one of them as an artist.
2: I don't know about that. I, yeah, I mean,
1: Madonna I, kissed Britney Spears at like in like 2000 at some like MTV awards or something.
2: Well, that would make sense because uh, Madonna was like one of Britney's biggest influences.
1: Right. It was like it was supposed to be like a symbolic like passing the torch thing but from like being the pop star of a generation to the next person.
2: The IFB is like oh, and then gay. I feel
1: like Britney kissed somebody, and it may have been Miley Cyrus, but I can't remember. Hmm somebody's gonna correct me on that one that's okay tweet at me my twitter's been like sad and angry lately tweet at me about dude twitter's been pop stars kissing it'll be funny yeah uh yeah twitter sucked lately somebody just just tweet at me like happy things
2: dude i've been you you don't want to know the names that i've been called over the past few months on twitter
1: tweet hmm. i don't know what you want to be tweeted at about like i don't know what's going to make you happy if people want to make me happy tweet at me about your bachelor fan theories no spoilers. If you read reality, Steve, stay the F away from me. But if you're just guessing like me and you think that that kitty cat Connor is totally going to win, tweet at me <laughs> because my Twitter has been sad and angry <laughs> and like Bachelor fan theories will make me smile. Do you want to request anything particular on Twitter?
2: No. OK,
1: uh, just say something nice. Yeah. <laughs> Don't call you any names. Um,
2: no anti-Semitic slurs.
1: Just, just don't do that.
2: Yeah, and that should especially not ones coined by David Duke. Uh, Oh, yeah.
1: Oh God, don't don't swear on our podcast. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um. (laughs) Anyway, back to back to Gaga
2: meat dress. So, what did the IFB say about the meat
1: dress? Um. I I remember. I can't remember specifics, but I remember it being like super shocking, and then somehow this was supposed to be satanic or something well
2: it was um, shocking when she did it people like
1: freaked yeah, so, out people were, like, so as it. a younger person i looked at pictures of this and i was like huh, meat dress pretty cool and then um when i was when i was researching for this homework i looked it up again and i was it made me kind of feel sick and i'm like oh look hey i'm getting older i guess <laughs>
0: hmm.
1: because like this is a little more this impacts me a little bit more now i i I have a theory maybe about why. So it wasn't just the meat dress that I was hearing about. And it wasn't just her quote unquote immodest fashion choices either. There was, so of course I was hearing about how those things were bad, but I was hearing more than that about her fashion. I was seeing her get a lot of hatred just for the outlandish nature of her clothing choices. And that yeah. I think is really interesting because I think it it lifts the curtain a little bit to show what the actual problem is with singers like her, like, like the actual problem that the IFB and other super conservative groups would have with her. Like they are offended by the the showing like showing so much skin or a like seductive nature of some of her clothing. Yeah, but, but that's I just think, par for the course with any like right. Th- that's everybody. Every that's literally every famous female person and non-binary feminine person ever that they hate. I think that it lifts the curtain to another major issue that the IFB has with women, and that is the perception of. And I'm using, I'm sorry, I'm using women to say, you know, women and all feminine people. But it's a perception of women as women should not be in the spotlight. They shouldn't draw attention to themselves. And Lady Gaga, dressed in a way, it didn't just draw attention because a lot of her skin was showing. It demanded attention because of the nature of the outfit itself, regardless of whether she was completely covered from head to toe or regardless of whether she was in uh, some kind of like bikini-type outfit. I think the IFB has a fear of being made or forced to be to pay attention to anything outside their world. And I think that's kind of where the the fear of Pride Month or the fear of a Pride Parade or the, the fear of Rainbows and Target comes from. Because they fear being forced to pay attention to anything because they feel like they feel like this is equivalent to someone putting their head in a headlock and holding their eyelids open and making them watch. They don't understand the concept of just scroll by. And even worse, this is a woman demanding attention. And I think that maybe is what's so offensive to the IFB, is like they feel that this is literally equivalent equivalent of being physically made to do something
2: so if i could take that one step further please over the course of this month we have heard stories from many people who did not know that or 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 who did not know that trans existed and then they found out what it was and then they're like oh well that's why i'm unhappy is because that's what i am um And your story yourself, where you're like, I didn't know that bisexual existed, and then I realized, oh, then I found out what it was, and I realized, oh, that's me. That's kind of the same sort of thing, where if you, it's not just if you're forced to pay attention to something, it's that also other people, like, if you have to talk about it, if you have to pay attention to it, then that means that other people are seeing it and other people are identifying with it.
1: Yeah, and that kind of goes against the principle of information control. Yes, because you, you've lost control over – and it goes right back to, to self-brainwashing, which is like the one original piece of cult research that I've ever come up with um, <laughs> that's actually really, really good, I think. The, the idea that, in, that cults reach a critical mass where the leader can no longer control each person individually and you've got to be trained to brainwash yourself and you've got to be trained to information control yourself. So if you are being caused to pay attention to something outside the world of the cult, you are losing your own control over your own information. And I think that's what's scary about artists like Lady Gaga and, you know, Rainbows and Target.
2: I think that that's a very interesting point. And I think that that's, there's a lot of people who maybe we've had, uh, I don't want to say, uh, uh, less than less than positive interactions with. <laughs> on social media over the course of this month who have expressed uh i i in in my view really a uh, uh, uncalled for just anger at the fact that pride month exists um and all these people you know are are ex fundies they're not members anymore right they're not maybe they just haven't deprogrammed themselves and they still see this and they're just like mm, no 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 i'm not there i'm not there yet don't show it to me
1: Well, as much as those those interactions have been frustrating to me and sometimes caused me to feel angry, I wanted I wanted to understand, like, why? Why is this hurting this person's feelings so much? Like, why is this so much of a deal to this person to just like see some rainbows? Why? And I, I really think that this might be kind of part of the puzzle. It's not that it makes it good for a person to react like that like with uh, just extreme reactions to to seeing a rainbow but i i want to understand why this person is so upset by that because i don't want to just i don't want to just lay into somebody without understanding why they're upset right even if i don't think they're upset for a particularly valid reason i still want to know what their reason is i still have empathy and i like i want to know and i think that this this is just my theory but i think it's part of the puzzle yeah The IFB treats all male pop stars and actors as, like, effeminate, promiscuous, and liberal. And then all female pop stars and actresses and actors are, like, promiscuous, talentless, just there for the shock value, brash, like, feminist. You know, they use that as an insult.
2: And they show their skin, and that's why people are paying attention to them, not because they're actually contributing anything of value. They're basically glorified strippers. (laughs) Is what that? Yeah,
1: right. And I kind of heard that about Lady Gaga too. It's like, it's like, oh, she's wearing, yeah, oh, she's wearing a meat dress, and that's the only reason anybody pays attention to her. It's not because you know her songs make millions of people feel good. There's just a special vitriol in the IFB for female solo recording artists, and and they just they kind of hate all celebrities a lot, but but female solo recording artists just get the worst of it. Hmm. Um, so I did, I, you know, I had heard kind of just a lot of a crap about Lady Gaga and I never, I had heard some of, some of her songs, but I'd really never sat down and listened to a whole album all the way through for sure. And you know what? I kind of enjoyed it. Yeah. So do you want to so take we've, a turn into going through some of, some of the songs?
2: Yeah. So we've talked about a few of the songs on the, her first record, the, the fame, um, I, I see you here. We have a doc open. You've written down what you thought of some of them. I'm not going to go through all of them, but the, the big three I think that we were supposed to talk about that I would want to talk about were Just Dance, which, you know, I think that uh, that was like her first big hit. I think Love Game, Paparazzi and Poker Face um, were yeah, are the you? three on that album that I think are the most important for us to talk about.
1: Do you want to take up the offering and come back and talk about those?
2: Yeah, let's go do that. So let's take a break and then we'll come back and we'll actually get into the music here. Hey, Gabrielle here. If you enjoy the leaving Eden podcast, head over to our Facebook group, Eden Exodus, where you can talk to other fans ask us questions, and share memes. That's facebook.com slash Eden Exodus. You can join our Patreon at patreon.com slash leaving Eden podcast, and you'll get access to extended and uncensored episodes. You can also support our show by recommending it to your family and your friends. The Leaving Eden podcast is a fully independent podcast, and we really appreciate your support. And now, back to the show. Okay, we are back. We are talking about Lady Gaga. In the first half of this episode, we talked about a lot of Lady Gaga's cultural significance, uh, both to the LGBTQ community and why the IFB hated her oh so much. They really did hate her. Um, But now we're actually going to talk about the music. And we're just going to go through, uh, I think, so her first record uh, is called The Fame, um, there's uh, three songs on here that I think is really important that we talk about, which are love game, paparazzi and uh, poker face. So we mentioned paparazzi before. Let's go, let's go into love game. Uh, you have here written meh. You didn't care for this one. I
1: just So overall, the, Lady Gaga's music style is just not one of my top favorite styles. That's fine. And I mean, I kind of feel like, I think I feel about Lady Gaga a lot. Like you feel about musical theater. It's not that I hate despise and abominate the entire genre. It, it's, it's not that I that I think she's awful. It's just that a lot of her music isn't exactly what appeals to me. but there are pieces of her music that I think are great. and I think that there's a there's something more to her than her music, and I am very much a fan of that, even though all the, uh, the you know a lot of her catalog is just like, ah, that's okay, it's a good song, whatever. Yeah um i think like there there's something there's something overarching that i really do appreciate even when like some of the songs aren't just not you know whatever they're kind of meh
2: (laughs) yeah no that's that's fair uh but love game so love game was one of those ones that you thought was kind of meh
1: and you said that love game was maybe one of the first ones that you heard
2: love game was one of the first big ones that was a hit love game was uh, i'll tell you love game because what's the uh the 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 chorus of the song is "Let's have some fun." This beat is sick. I want to take a ride on your disco stick. Let's have some fun. Right. This beat is sick. I want to take a ride on your disco stick. Like that came out, and you know, I mean, that's raunchy, right? That's pretty raunchy. Yeah, that's pretty raunchy. So that song comes out, people are singing that. That song's on the radio, and you know, I mean, I, you know, I, I didn't grow up. My parents weren't Pearl Clutchers, you know, but there were people that i knew obviously who were maybe a bit more uh easily offended than i was and they would hear that song and they would be like this song is so vulgar but this song was you know it's it, it was maybe a little bit subversive when at at the time that it came out now i mean we have Megan the Stallion and Cardi B singing WAP and that song's on the radio and everyone's just like uh this is tame by comparison to that but
1: right but so Okay, so here's my question: If they had played Love Game at like a school dance, would they have bleeped out <laughs> Disco Stick?
2: Maybe, I don't know. Okay. They, I mean, they like. I'm trying to think what else they because if they played a, a, a TikTok by Kesha at a school dance, they would bleep out the word junk when she's like, "Boys, try to touch my junk," but they would uh, bleep that out.
1: Oh, so, so I would have thought they would have bleeped out bottle of Jack. Are they allowed to just talk about alcohol in school? Oh yeah,
2: I mean, but we'd all been drinking anyway if we were at a school dance. You know, uh, that's. I don't yeah.
1: get this. I still, I know we did a whole episode where you tried to explain this to me, and I still just can't get it through my head. I can't. Yeah,
2: you drink MD twenty twenty with your friends beforehand. Yeah. Okay, and never mind. And, I didn't yeah.
1: miss anything. I hate that stuff.
2: Yeah. Um. But. The, but. But like love game. Because there was all of, like, this stuff where, you know, I think there was one interview, right, where Lady Gaga, uh, they were asking, like, somebody asked her, uh, Lady Gaga, what do you look for in a man? And then she, like, very facetiously said, a really big dick. (laughs) And, like, that's it. And, like, that was her answer. And that was, like, a huge viral, like, thing that people were like, oh, wow. Like, but, like she said that, like that's that's so edgy thing to say, and so, you know, songs were she she would have some songs that were very sexual in nature, um very raunchy in that way. people were and you know i I that was like a thing that people would talk about,
1: so I don't really remember hearing about her lyrics this early in the game. I would hear about some of her lyrics later, and I'm gonna get to that and like towards the end of our. Of our review here. Hmm. But I wasn't hearing about her lyrics. Being explicitly sexual. Uh, I was hearing more about like. She said. Roma. Ma Is that a satanic spell?
2: Huh. <laughs> well, well we'll get to that one later. <laughs> but uh, we'll
1: get to that. <laughs>
2: so we talked about Poker Face a little bit. Uh, is there anything else you want to say about that one?
1: Yeah. So I So I listened to the fame. I went straight through um fame and fame monster i went just straight through just like the the u.s non-deluxe track list just start to finish just listen to the album without stopping it just like wrote notes as i went
2: and that's what i would have been listening to in uh, like 2009 2010 yeah and
1: then um born this way i listened to all the songs but i skipped around um just i thought it would be neat to have two different experiences for this homework yeah, because uh, by the time I got to Born This Way, I was like super psyched about this episode. Yeah, um, so Poker Face was like the th- was the fourth. So Just Dance, Love Game, Paparazzi, Poker Face, Poker face, um, yeah. Poker Face was the fourth song that I listened to on my way, just listening straight through the fame, and that was when it, it just dawned on me the like the the breadth and depth of Gaga's work and like. What a phenomenon she was, or she is, but was at the time as a performer. Yes. I did not know that her first album had so many really popular singles. I did not realize how early she came on the scene and how long her career has been. Uh, I did not realize how popular her first studio album became For a first studio album. Yeah. I I did not realize just the absolute like firework. She was just breaking mainstream.
2: Oh yeah. I mean, she hit and she like hit, you know,
1: that was what, that was a piece that I was really missing. Like I knew that she was extremely popular, but I did not see, I thought she had more like of a gradual rise to fame. I did not know how abrupt and brilliant her rise to fame was. I did not know how many of her very early songs are now classics, like 13 years later. Um, like I still hear, like, I, I hear Just Dance in like, TV shows and commercials, and I'm like, oh, yeah, I know that song. A- and uh, I, I think that when I got to Poker Face, just listening straight through the album, I was like, oh, this was really, really big. This was bigger than I realized it was. Yes. So that was just like, I just kind of had this realization at that point. And then my whole my whole way of thinking about this episode changed.
2: Yeah. So these, I mean, these first four songs on the record, Just Dance, Love Game, Paparazzi, Poker Face, they were everywhere. They, I mean, they hit and they, they hit. Like they, they were, they, you know, they stuck around. Um, the only, uh, we haven't talked about Paparazzi. Any thoughts about this one?
1: Paparazzi is one of the, the, the few songs that I knew before, the few Lady Gaga songs that I knew really well before doing this episode and before doing the homework, uh, and it gets stuck in my head all the time, but I only know like some of the lyrics. So it's one of those annoying songs that's stuck in my head that I only know a few of the lyrics for. So it's just the same part of the song playing on a loop.
2: You want to know what's something funny? What? My, uh, the acapella group I was in in college, we sang uh, a Lady Gaga medley, and paparazzi was one of the songs on it. You know, oh, is yeah. that in
1: any of the videos that you've sent me from that?
2: No, but I will say like, that. Because you've sent me like full
1: concert videos and I've watched like some of them, but I haven't watched all of them because, you know, I have a kid who needs things. Yeah. And um if that was in there, I would definitely go back and watch it.
2: Yeah. So any of the any other songs from um from uh this album that you really liked?
1: Um, no, nothing else like really stuck out to me um i I enjoyed i enjoy the piano like i know there's piano on several of the songs and that i always enjoy i know that lady gaga is an accomplished pianist and that's just something i always love to see in a pop star
2: is chuck doing okay
1: yeah she just needs to go to sleep i'm rocking her okay she's just fighting it Hmm. do you need me to turn off the lights and record in the dark okay we're gonna try lights off recording gonna do the feeding the baby with with one hand and talking with the other hand but i think i'll be okay
2: yeah so i think yeah so that's i I, i'm trying to think if there's anything else we want to say about this one because in my opinion the fame is a good album but i think the fame monster is a better record uh the fame definitely had some really good hits on it but the fame monster was the one that like really for me i think that was it
1: Okay, so what were some of your top favorites from the fame monster?
2: I mean, like, if you just go down the track, like... how All of them. (laughs) Let's see, I mean, Bad Romance, that was killer. Alejandro, that was killer. Monster, that was killer. Speechless, that was killer. Dance in the Dark was pretty good. Telephone featuring Beyonce, that was killer. So Happy I Could Die was all right and Teeth was all right. But, like, most of these tracks were just, like, just fire.
1: I want to talk about Alejandro a little bit later because that is that song supposedly compa- contains a, a secret meaning.
2: Interesting. I don't know about this one.
1: So uh, I found an article. I'll tell you about that one when we're done with like our album-by-album album review here. Hmm. Bad Romance was really fun to play on piano. This must have been an earlier song of hers that I heard because I know at some point before I graduated high school, I had learned like the main bass riff like the intro bass riff on piano um
2: what and was enjoying
1: mama, like, mama. just
2: like da 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 oh la la want your bad romance yeah
1: and and i do like i do love the lyrics of that song um but i that was i didn't even know i don't think i even knew the words i had just heard the intro to that song enough in i don't know grocery stores and oh, that football song was games everywhere. and everywhere. Yeah, it it really was, and I had picked up to enough to be able to play the bass riff on piano. So when I was feeling like really angry at the IFB and not being allowed to do anything, I'd go play some evil demonic Lady Gaga to make myself feel better. But all I knew was like the all I knew was like the first four bars of the song.
2: This was one of the ones that they thought was like actually demonic, though.
1: This was one of the ones I think I have heard that. So um. I don't know what exactly is going on with this because I feel like when I used to Google, like, proof that Lady Gaga is demonic, I used to get a bunch of, like, little independent websites that would go off on their wackadoo conspiracy theories. And I now I Google proof that Lady Gaga is demonic and all I get is articles about how uh, silly conservative she's not demonic.
0: Hmm.
1: Which I don't know if those sites have just been shut down or if – People don't worry about demons anymore and they worry about other stuff. Or people um, who
2: were uh, uploading to those sites, uh, I don't know, they forgot how the they're... Light? Yeah. <laughs> or they just forgot how the internet worked and they stopped updating their website or something. or, or yeah.
1: yeah. Or, wait, wait, and it scares me a little bit more, maybe that all of those people have gone underground. Like, maybe they're all on 8chan. And, like, I, I don't, don't have know. access and i feel like that's scary because that creates an echo chamber um maybe i've just spent too much time watching the into the storm documentary i don't know wait what but, was into the storm oh it's a documentary about qAnon oh it's f- on it's on hbo those people so, are
2: fucking crazy
1: so go watch yeah. it cuz i know you have hbo Yeah, for personal reasons. Um,
2: Is there a not personal reason to have HBO?
1: No, I know for personal reasons. Personal reasons meaning that I use your account. Oh right. Um, I've never had a friend before who I shared a a streaming login with. It makes me feel really special. Well,
2: that makes me feel special that I'm your first.
1: Yeah, you should. (laughs) Yeah, I just, I just, like, I, like, I've shared my, I had, I had people in the past who. Work, who shared my logins so but they were I've all never, the moochers yeah i've never been the moochie before and it makes me feel really it makes me feel cared for i appreciate you yeah um anyway i feel like i remember bad romance being the one they thought that like the Roma bit was a some kind of satanic spell or ancient language or something that meant terrible things um but due to issues which I have described before, I have not – I wasn't able to, like, find this conspiracy theory online. Hmm. So I just – all I can – I have, like, a hazy remem- hazy memory of hearing something about this, but I wasn't able to, like, pull any links or anything because I couldn't find it online.
2: So if you are IFB or you are ex-IFB, uh, please send us uh, – and you remember – why? especially
1: if you have like sermon links, that's the best.
2: Yeah, and you remember why Lady Gaga was satanic? Then please send that to us. Uh, because Wait,
1: why specifically bad romance too? Yeah.
2: Like, um. I mean, any song that somebody's saying some gibberish, some nonsense, and they're gonna get mad about.
1: Yeah, because yeah. they think everything's backmasking and and demons. Yeah. Um. But let's move on to like my other favorite song on here.
2: Which one's that?
1: Telephone. Which. Is also has some some conspiracy theories about it, which I will also address. Um, but I have a soft spot for Telephone because possibly the best drag routine I ever saw in person was to the song. Oh, at Darcel's, uh, I used to know somebody who worked at Darcell's. A show there, and Telephone was like one of the main songs in that show, and it was awesome. It was that good? It was. Yeah, it was only tied with a uh, I Saw Isaiah Esquire, who is another super Portland famous drag performer. Um at what's that creepy bar over in Southeast with all the clowns? I don't know. There's a there's a there's a little like comedy bar over in Southeast. I think it might be funhouse.
2: Oh uh, yeah. Uh. With
1: a clown room. The green room is like all clowns in it. Anyway, I'm not gonna just like get off talking about the drag shows I've seen, but Uh, but like telephone happy memories that's that's what i'm trying to say
2: yeah um let's see other ones that we want to talk about uh speechless that was one that i thought that you would like because give me
1: like major musical theater vibes yeah
2: so this one for me i liked this one because this was a very like elton johnny type song with the piano the
1: yeah and like her vocal stylings on this song are are very kind of musical theater ish i thought um, that
2: was one that I always really liked. I played that one on piano.
1: That's the thing about Lady Gaga. she's great. Her songs are great to play on piano. Because, because that's how she writes them. Because she's a pianist first and foremost and extremely talented. And I think all of her songs are just kind of set up for piano, which is uh, amazing. Yeah. Because uh, piano is just the love of my life as far as instruments go.
2: Yeah. So uh, the uh, So the last one that I think it's important for us to talk about on this album is Alejandro. This was one of just my
1: favorite. It was one of my favorites, just like song wise, just like composition and musicality wise. It's
2: a it's a hot track. It it
1: It really is. This is maybe one of my favorites that I hadn't heard before that I heard doing homework.
2: Don't call my name. It might actually be my
1: favorite that I heard from this homework assignment
2: that I hadn't heard before. Yeah,
1: I loved it. do you want to hear the, the satanic conspiracy theory about Alejandro now or do you want to wait?
2: <laughs> I'd love to hear the satanic conspiracy okay. theory.
1: So let me pull up this article. Um, so the theory, go, the theory is built around the three names that repeat in the hook of this song. So like, don't call my name Alejandro. I'm not your babe Fernando. Don't call my name Roberto. Yes. Okay, so Alejandro, Fernando, and Roberto are the three names in the song. So according to this internet article that I found, Alejandro means man's defender and protector. So Alejandro is meant to mean God. Fernando means ardent for peace. And that's supposed to mean Jesus. And then Roberto means bright or shiningly framed. So, clearly, Roberto is meant to be standing for the Holy Spirit. And then babe is the same as a child. So, you substitute the word child in for babe. And what you get is, don't call my name God. I'm not your child Jesus. Don't call my name Holy Spirit.
2: That is,
1: da, 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 satanic!
2: That is, like, a long walk for a short drink of water.
1: What's really funny is that it's one of the shortest walks uh, for that drink of water...
2: I, Compared to some I, of
1: the other things that the IFB does, I
2: don't. I don't. Yeah.
1: So, um, so the image there was images where she was inside an egg, hatching from an egg signifies the cold-blooded rebirth with horns on her shoulders and her cheeks, which indicates that she is the transformed, all caps, bride of Satan.
2: That's kind of a, a lot. So know. that's I the mean,
1: uh, the proof for Alejandro being satanic.
2: That is some sketchy proof. I don't I, mm, well, that,
1: that's what I got from the, the the wide world of the internet.
2: I don't know if I totally buy it, but hey, I'm open to. I mean, I totally buy ideas. it. Like yeah.
1: clearly, that's clearly what she intended to write.
2: Okay. Do you want to go into Born This Way then? Let's do that. Okay.
1: Um. So I just want to say about. Born This Way, I cannot hear the words Born This Way without thinking of that parody that's like, I'm on the right track, baby, I'm from Gallifrey, which was the Doctor Who Lady Gaga parody. (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) And I literally cannot think of the words Born This Way without hearing the parody in my head.
2: Well, I can't hear the, the song Born This Way without thinking of the Weird Al song, I Perform This Way.
1: See, I thought the Gallifrey parody was better. Wait, I, oh, and you I know, know i one. love weird al you know i love yeah. him but... so i
2: i love weird out but like the the born this way one because the whole thing with that was that he wanted to do the song he always asked the artist permission and he asked lady gaga's people he asked lady gaga permission and then his the lady gaga's people were like uh we need to know what the song's gonna say first and what's gonna sound like and so he basically had to record the song and then they told him no and then he complained about it on the internet and Lady Gaga said, no one told me anything about this. You can release that. That's fine.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, that sounds fun. Yeah. I mean, and I love the, the, the song born this way, like the actual song too.
2: It's a great song.
1: It is. It's a really good song. It's, it's probably my second favorite behind Alejandro. This was, this was one obviously that I had heard before. Um, but of I course. enjoyed listening to it again.
2: But this song is, I think, perfect for Pride Month because what, what is this song yeah. about? This song is about affirmations of the, especially the LGBTQ community.
1: Yeah, just like be who you be who you are and accept, accept the person that you're meant to be and it's all good.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> I, I, so I feel like I enjoyed in general the more upbeat songs more than not upbeat songs. So Born This Way was was really one of the ones that I enjoyed the most. Also on that album I wanted to speak about the song Judas. Uh the song like the musical aspects of it didn't really do it for me, but I am always a sucker for a modern retelling of Jesus, especially if Judas gets to wear a leather jacket.
2: Okay, well. So
1: I was I was down with the leather jacket part. Did you
2: watch the music I take it you watch the music video. Yeah. You know what the thing is that I remember when this song came out, I was like, I don't know how I feel about this song with the music video's tight. Um, and then that's I listened to the song kind of again, I was too. and I'm like, okay, now this song, this song is fire. Uh, Juda, Judah, uh, uh, Judah, Judah. So like, that's yeah. my
1: thing. I don't like the repeated word, like the repeated words or repeated syllables thing.
2: Because that's the type of thing, especially if they're saying Judas, you think it's going to be like, oh, they're they're like, that's going to trigger you no matter what
1: no i don't think it's triggering i just don't like it Mm -hmm. like even when it's and i don't think it has to do with like the vain repetition thing because that's not what it's like that's not what the bs vain repetition thing is referring to it's it's referring to like repeated phrases Mm -hmm. so i just don't like it i just don't like the like repeated syllable thing um Other artists that I really like have done that on some of their songs, and I didn't like it when they did it either.
2: It's just a technique that you don't care for. It's
1: just – yeah, just the repeated syllable thing, just like – I mean, I don't even like it when people say, like, la, la, la or whatever in their songs, except for Hey Jude, because that's an exception, obviously. Um, But no, I just – in general – nonsense syllables repeated syllables or um repeated words or like that effect where it goes like 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 a record scratch in the middle of a word um i just don't like those things in in music and i don't think there's anything wrong with them at all Mm. i just um it just bugs me personally and it is what it is just not my thing but i do feel like like obviously lady gaga's art far transcends her music. And there are so many things that I do like about her. Yeah. So, and, and I like her as an artist that much that I will listen to songs that like have the repeated syllable thing that bothers me just because I like so all of the other things about her so much.
2: So what other songs on this album do you, did you really connect with?
1: You Were there what? any I in particular? No, I I thought I would really like Bloody Mary just because like typically that's kind of my jam um it's like songs with a lot of religious imagery and that one wasn't like my favorite thing either um I liked heavy metal lover that one was pretty good Mary the night was okay it was good I feel like the I feel like I should have listened to this one straight in a straight line instead of like jumping from song to song because I just didn't connect with the whole album as much as I did the first two and I wonder if that was because I didn't listen to them all in order because I feel like listening to the first two records in order really gave me a different perspective.
2: What about the edge of glory? Did you like that one?
1: Oh, Oh my God. Yes. Uh, I forgot to write that one down. Yes. I love edge of glory. That is like an amazing song.
2: Yeah. That
1: is, you know what? Weirdly, I didn't like the music video very much, but I love the song.
2: Edge of glory is a killer track.
1: It totally is. I, I, that one deserves to be a classic. So many of these, I hope, are still getting played many years from now. But that is oh, one of the ones be. like, oh, that one deserves to be an instant classic. The
2: edge, the edge, the edge, the edge, the edge. The and the saxophone edge, solo. Edge.
1: And, you know, um, I know I know there, there are other Ghost fans who listen to my podcast because you've posted in our Facebook group before. Um, but all Ghost fans know how cool a a saxophone solo where you don't expect it can be.
2: <laughs> but man, I, so overall thoughts, what are we, what are we going to say about Lady Gaga here? I don't know what um, else you want to talk about.
1: Well, I want to talk about, is she satanic?
2: Is it, do you think Lady Gaga is satanic? Here we do go. Do you think
1: she's satanic? Because do I, I think she's so satanic? I talked about the hidden meeting in Alejandro,
2: which seemed kind of
1: dubious. I, tenuous. I don't know. Um, I watched a video that was titled lady gaga performs a satanic ritual on stage uh and i watched it really carefully and i watched it like three times and i literally could not figure out what was satanic about it yeah (laughs) and i feel so confused and conflicted about this because i'm sure 10 years ago me would have found something to be upset by that was supposedly satanic Sure. And like now me, I just couldn't figure out what it was. It was her. She was singing Bloody Mary. She was she had a, a very large red dress, like almost like a Victorian looking dress with a bustle and like a like a 10 foot long train. And then there's like a musical break in the middle of the song and she does a quick change into a red bodysuit. She she says into the mic, um, I'm sorry, Joanne, this bitch showed up in red. I don't know and that's the part that was supposedly satanic and I cannot figure out for the life of me why it's supposedly satanic (laughs) and I really tried
2: it's true Stephanie Germanata is is a secret satanist is I don't know I I,
1: I I just don't know so like that really confused me and kind of gave me an identity crisis because like you know, years ago I would have been the person who knew exactly how to find the, the you know, a million satanic connections in that video and now I just don't know.
2: She's wearing a red bodysuit, clearly satanic imagery, duh, obviously. No, I um I'll tell you when I was one of the first rock concerts like, I ever went to. I'm wearing
1: a red to, t-shirt right now Am I satanic.
2: I guess you are. We, no, one of the first rock concerts I ever went to was Rolling Stones. Um saw them play uh and one of the things that happened was that uh they had uh. Mick Jagger when they did Sympathy for the Devil Mick Jagger came out in like a devil costume yeah and like that, like that's obvi- – like if you're going to do satanic stuff – like I feel like if Lady Gaga were going to do a, a, a satanic song because she has a lot of religious imagery in her music and she was like, I'm going to do a song all about Satan and then she, she dresses up as Satan in the music video. Like she would just dress up as Satan in the music video. She wouldn't try to hide that shit, I feel like right? she would
1: just wear a red suit, like a red pinstripe suit with horns. Yeah. Because that seems more her style.
2: Yeah. Or like she would literally like – you like, I mean, you saw that little Nas X thing, right? With the
1: right, like, that do was like pretty that. damn clear. I just like, I was so confused by this video that's like proof of Lady Gaga performing a satanic ritual because I watched it and I just could not find a satanic ritual in there. And I just no. that really, that really kind of just threw me into a loop for a minute. Um, and then I watched this, I read this thing about like the hidden meeting in telephone. So it, I know you are the beyonce fan on this podcast so i know that you've seen the telephone music video
2: oh i have many times
1: okay great video you know how there's the
2: one scene in the video we never got a part two for that video i'm pissed because you know how like this is a rant i'm gonna go on this rant right now now that you just reminded me of this okay is that back in the day uh, when you watched a music video, at the end of the music video, there would always be like if it was a really good music video, there would always be a "to be continued" at the end of the music. Video. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Watching music video, it says "to be continued." We never got a "to be continued" from that one. Like we had a Beyonce, Lady Gaga, and a song together, and then it said "to be continued." Okay, what happens next? What are because when they do that, you think, okay, Beyonce and Lady Gaga, they're going to come out with another song and there's going to be a video that's like part two of this video. But that never happened. And it's been more than 10 years and I'm pissed. I want that. I want that now.
1: I'm I'm so sorry. And when we become world famous podcasters and get our verified check marks on Twitter. Yeah, I feel like the first thing you're going to do is tweet at Lady Gaga and Beyonce and be like, hey. Where's this part two? And I support you. I support you and whatever you want to do with your verified Twitter checkmark when you get it. Because that's called friendship. I think
2: Beyonce's Twitter account follows zero people and has like 80 million followers. She's like yeah. one of those. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Where? <laughs>
1: um, so, but do you want to hear about the all of the satanic meanings of telephone? Yes. Okay. So it, we have a scene by scene analysis um, which I'm just gonna kind of so, skip through. In this video, um, in this
2: video, the premise of the video is Lady Gaga and Beyonce get like arrested and like locked up, right? Yeah. Well,
1: Lady Gaga gets gets locked up, and then Beyonce bails her out so that she can help her with her like mission that she needs to do. Yeah. So Gaga is in prison, and she is in the prison yard, and she's chained up, and she's wearing sunglasses made of lit cigarettes,
0: uh, oh, yeah. which
1: represents her blindness to her highly toxic life as a mind controlled drone.
2: Oh, he, you know what you just reminded me of when right. you said that she gets locked up. So you get, she gets locked up, and she gets like thrown in jail, and you see her butt for a minute, but it's like blurred out. And one of the prison guards says, "I told you she didn't have a." Dick. Do you remember that part? Yes, because
1: apparently up? there were there were rumors about her being trans, which yeah. is just inappropriate. Like, why do you, why do you care? Ugh.
2: anyway that was like a big rumor that i that i'd heard that people were talking about and i'm like mm, i
1: but like yeah. why why does it matter she's beautiful she's talented she's who she is right why but this would was, it literally matter like what her dna is this
2: was like 2007 2008 that time
1: yeah like i so. know things were different even just even just that long ago i mean that was before orange is the new the new black like because i never want to stop giving laverne cox credit for all the work that she has done. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Telephone being satanic. Um, Among other, you know, things that are super satanic, like literally letting trans people live their lives and be happy. Mm. Super satanic. Um, Okay, so she's in prison. She has a special status in jail and gets to take phone calls, and that's because she is obeying orders from the higher-ups, (coughs) <coughs> the conversation between Lady Gaga and Beyonce in the car is meant to represent, according to this internet person, is meant to represent dissociation because they are both mind controlled slaves. Um, That's a value judgment. Yeah, uh, when they say like trust is like a mi- trust is like a mirror, you can fix it if it's broke, but you can still see the crack in the mother's reflection. That. Is, uh, according to this internet commenter, meant to refer to the permanent damage caused by the fragmenting of one's personality when you are under mind control by the Illuminati. Uh, they go to a diner. Beyonce meets with this guy. She poisons him. Lady Gaga comes out of the kitchen with poisoned honey and serves it to all the customers. And people eat it and they die. And this, according to the internet, is meant to represent the Illuminati elite poisoning the masses with toxic media. And that's when she does the Illuminati hand in front of her eye. Because, you know, just like putting your hand in front of your face in just about any way will get you called Illuminati by the internet. <laughs> is
2: is, is that see. it? What else is there? No, this no,
1: is... no there's more of it. Uh, Beyonce has on Mickey Mouse sunglasses. That are the sunglasses worn by Lady Gaga in the paparazzi video. Uh, they look; Those sunglasses look like Mickey Mouse. Mickey Mouse designs in the occult refer to mind control. Probably because Disney films were known to be used on MK slaves during their programming. So Disney represents mind control. Everything uh, represents
2: mind control to these people.
1: Yeah. What is- the patriotic outfits are somehow satanic. I'm not really following the person's logic on this thing. Uh, In the diner, we have some quoting again. In the diner, we have Lady Gaga and Beyonce dancing around dead people and singing about the fact that they are dissociative mind-controlled drones. Again, mind control. Because, like, the you're not going to reach my telephone is supposedly referring to the fact that, like, the person's not going to understand anything you're saying because they're dissociating, because they're under mind control by Satan or the Illuminati. It kind of goes back and forth. This is Between really... whether it's Satan or the Illuminati. I'm not trying to be uh, confusing. It's just this is the this conspiracy is, theory. This
2: really does not make a whole lot of sense to me. I I don't understand where they're coming from.
1: And then Lady Gaga wears, like, the, the leopard print outfit after they leave the crime scene. And then this commenter quotes Ron Patton of Project Monarch, whatever the... F- that is, who says this is referred to as sexual programming. The programming eliminates all learned moral convictions and stimulates the primitive sexual instinct devoid of inhibition. Cat alters may come out at this level.
2: What? Somebody Cat from alters?
1: something, yeah, something from somebody from some place called Project Monarch said that Lady Gaga has been brainwashed and programmed to be sexual and that now she's doing it to other people and that wanting to wear leopard print is is a sign that you have an alter ego that's a cat that's coming out because you've been brainwashed?
2: Wait, so he's saying Lady Gaga is a furry because she's wearing leopard print,
1: yes, and also because she's brainwashed. And then the, there are Illuminati signs all over this video because the okay sign, like you know, how she does like that, the okay sign with her fingers and puts it over her eye, yes. Um, that apparently means 666 in the music industry,
2: it does. According to, who,
1: according to this, according to VigilantCitizen.com.
2: VigilantCitizen.com. These are, this is a great website that you're, can we put a, will you send me a link to this so that I can put a link to this in the show notes? <laughs>
1: yes, yes yeah, I absolutely will. Um, Actually, I'm just going to email it to you right now while I talk so that I don't forget to do it.
2: VigilantCitizen.com. Yeah,
1: th- this is all coming from VigilantCitizen.com who did a, extensive write-up on all of the Illuminati symbols in Telephone. Okay, here's my my subject line. So every time she has one eye hidden, that's also an Illuminati symbol. Like, when she's in the police tape and it's over one eye, like she's in, like, the caution tape. Her body is a, tri- is a crime scene because mind control victims go through trauma. And then in the end, when her hair is shaped like a telephone, that's supposed to I remember him saying that that represented something and now I can't find what he said. It represented probably maybe, mind control. Maybe um, it's just
2: to do with the fact that the song is called telephone. And so she made her hair into a telephone.
1: No, it's because she's mind controlled and representing that to her listeners.
2: That it um,
1: means. she also refers to electroshock therapy in her videos, not in telephone, but for some reason it's still in this, in this article. Um, In an interlude video of the Monster Ball tour, and then also in a photo shoot that she did, she refers to electroshock therapy, uh, which also represents her being under satanic mind control. Surprise, surprise. Um, So
2: This is too much.
1: In conclusion, according to VigilantCitizen.com. Telephone is yet another Lady Gaga product permeated with references to mind control and Illuminati symbolism. Gaga's commentary on today's youth is certainly not a positive one. The video basically says America is ready to eat any poisonous crap the elite serves them, and that is accomplished through controlled puppets.
2: I mean, if you look at, like, if, if you so look at the entire world through that lens, then that's what you're going to see. I don't know, man. That That's <laughs> this is that, really I mean, wild that's, to me. Yeah,
1: and that's like that's. One valid point that I've heard from, I've heard elsewhere, is like, if you look, if everything is the Illuminati, if everything is the Freemasons, if everything is Satan, then you're going to see it everywhere. Like, if you believe that it's everywhere, you're going to see it everywhere. Yeah. Uh, And I just think, like, my whole take on this, I always have to go back to logic Don't you think if there was a secret satanic cabal with thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of members all over the world, controlling literally every aspect of our daily lives and the media we receive and the way we live our lives and leading the world towards an end that is ultimately beneficial for them and, and probably terrible for all of us little people who are not part of the giant satanic cabal, don't you think they'd be a little bit more subtle? I just, I don't see how it would benefit... People who were running the world already to leave clues literally everywhere, like eighteen clues in a Lady Gaga music video. I just don't Mm. feel like that makes sense because with any conspiracy theory, the first question you have to ask if you're trying to trying to make sense of or logic of a conspiracy theory is okay, well who does this benefit if the conspiracy theory is true? And who does it benefit if it's made up? Yes. Because who, so, so, okay, so, okay, who would be benefited if Lady Gaga did sell her soul to the devil for fame and fortune and is now in the Illuminati and brainwashing you through her music videos?
2: Obviously the devil and the Illuminati, right?
1: Right. But who would it benefit if people completely made that up? I don't know, maybe the people with a website that gets thousands of clicks off of this. yeah, Or the people who want to change the laws of our country to line up more with their opinions on morality. And they need to scare you to do that.
2: Those are all fair points. I can tell you've been uh, watching that QAnon documentary again.
1: Yeah, I've been super deep into that QAnon documentary because um, I am endlessly fascinated by how people get into cults and how people get into e- instances of extreme belief. And I don't think that's ever going to, I don't think it's ever going to be over for me.
2: No.
1: Okay, I have one more thing to say about Lady Gaga and then I'm done. Okay. Yeah. I just wanted to say like a brief word about blasphemy and religious references. because Because right, think- she
2: uses a lot of religious references in her music.
1: Yeah, especially in in Judas and Bloody Mary, but there's like there's there are kind of all over the place. There are are little phrases that are a subversion of a biblical phrase. Or well, I think she had a Catholic
2: she had a Catholic upbringing, didn't she? She did.
1: Yeah, and like most people who are raised Catholic and become music artists, end up doing something with that, like.
2: Well, the symbology their, is there. You know, you can just right. go to town on it, right? You know that it's it's there. It's iconic
1: right and even my favorite band like frequently visits religious concepts in their in their work and in the kind of in in the lore of the band and in their lyrics and in a lot of uh, different ways uh even in their stage costumes um yeah. really common for them to, to kind of go to back to this religious and catholic symb- symbology um What I want to say, just in general, I feel like this is something that's been coming up a lot because we've been talking about metal and and music in the Facebook group as well. I think a lot of people kind of wonder, how do I reconcile being Christian with blasphemous and religious references in music, specifically in heavy metal, but also in music like Lady Gaga? And I thought this might be a good place to address that really quickly. Um, A lot of these references just really don't offend me. I just, I just wasn't the biggest fan of the of Judas as a song, uh, but nothing in that was really super offensive to me. That was kind of just like a "oh, scroll on past it" thing. Uh, some references, some blasphemous and religious references, do offend me or bother me when I run across them in certain in, in metal or in pop music or wherever I happen to find them. But in general. I don't believe in a god so small that god could be diminished by someone saying something about them that I don't like. I just kind of feel like the god that I believe in is bigger than that. It's certainly possible for a person to say something about god that I don't particularly like or appreciate hearing, but I just I don't believe people will go on and on and on about this offends God or this hurts God. And I just really don't think God can be hurt by being made fun of. <laughs> um, I don't know if I would really want to believe in a God that was so petty that a human could just say something and it would piss them off. Right. I, I I really think I, I believe in a God that's a little bit bigger and a little bit more patient than that. Yeah, so sometimes there are things that, that people can say... I have seen memes that were offensive to me. Uh, I've heard songs that I felt like bothered me or were offensive to me. But in general, um, most blasphemous and religious references don't bother me. Most of them I find charming or interesting or funny. And on the rare occasion that something comes across my metaphorical field of vision that does bother me. I really just think that God is, I, I think that God is a little bit, is not, I think that God is not petty like that i think that that an eternal god who is bigger than any of us could ever possibly understand is really just not affected that deeply because somebody said something
2: (laughs) if only the ifb could learn your uh approach to that but i guess then they wouldn't be the ifb would they
1: No. And I just thought like, you know, we're dealing with Lady Gaga and she does have a lot of that type of of imagery and in in her videos and in her lyrics. So I thought this would be a good place to kind of explain my views on that. That's just how I look at it. Um, I certainly don't, you know, think that every Christian should feel obligated to listen to or look at media that bothers them. But I think there are plenty of us Christians who do enjoy these types of media and that's how it pers that's how this personally affects me. And I'd be interested to hear from any other Christians who are into Lady Gaga or heavy metal or anything else that, that does make these religious references and how that, how that works with your faith for you.
2: Yeah. All right. Is I think that's going to be This it. has been yeah. like
1: long and rambling, but it's been a lot of fun.
2: Yeah. This has been a really good episode. I'm glad that we did this one. Um, yeah so uh, check in with us again on Monday we're going to have a a conversation with Dinah Housefire which will be crazy we haven't recorded that yet which we need to do
1: uh yeah we, we should probably do that
2: yeah um so we're going to do that that'll be fun and then uh and then we've got good stuff coming for July and good stuff coming for August we're really excited for all of that uh and uh yeah. So if you want to join our podcast, Facebook group, you go to facebook.com slash Eden Exodus. You can join our Patreon. All of our Patreon dollars for the month of June are going to the Howard Brown Health Center in Chicago, Illinois, which provides health care to the LGBTQ community. Um, anything else that we want to say? Uh, oh, yeah. Send us your emails. If you've got questions for us, send us your emails and then we'll do a Q&A episode coming up and that's going to be good as well.
1: I I think that's I think that's about it
2: yeah uh, so to follow the podcast on social media go to uh, on Facebook and uh, Instagram it is at leaving Eden podcast and on Twitter it is at leaving Eden pod Sadie do you want to plug your social media
1: yeah you can follow me on Twitter at hell yes Sadie on TikTok at sometime sometime soon at hell yes Sadie
2: you're switching over
1: I'm switching it I should I'm switching it I'm having an issue It'll be don't fine. listen to me it. just follow both Sadie Carpenter 1 and Hell Yes Sadie because I will figure it out eventually with my technology backwards self you can follow me on Instagram at Sadie Carpenter Music did I say that
2: yeah okay. and uh you can follow me on Facebook Instagram Twitter and Clubhouse at G-A-V-R-I-E-L-H-A-C-O-H-E-N um and until next time you guys have a nice day bye-bye